Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Cordell, the Ravens win against the, I was about to call them San Diego because I just mm. can't help myself. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, 20 to 10, um, pretty uh nail biting throughout although it felt like the ravens had control most of the times but they uh improved their record to nine and three and currently have the number one seed in the afc although they have not yet had their bye which they will have this weekend so i'm not sure about you cordell you'll take 
the wins, how you can get them. But this was one of those wins that did not feel good to me. I had left with a lot of question marks. I left with a lot of criticism, um, particularly with the coaches and the offense and how the offense was ran um, in that game. And one of the first things that really came to me, Cordell, and I tweeted this was, this really felt like deja vu um, when it came to the Ravens and the Browns a few weeks ago. We saw Miles Garrett essentially take over um, for that game and become the elite pass rusher that he is. Then you go into this game and Khalil Mack at first has a slow start, but like Miles Garrett, just became a, a force and, and, you know, really just put his, his foot down when it came to what the Ravens were trying to do on offense. And it felt like once again, they had no real answers for an elite pass rusher. And to me, that is problematic when you start looking at the schedule in the next few weeks and guys that are very good at getting to the quarterback are on the schedule. So I know I should be happy about the win. I know. I'm just not. And I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it for anybody at this moment. So how are you feeling about what you saw in that game? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of up and down for sure. I mean, if we're specifically talking offensively, not a lot to hang your hat on. Um, They show flashes. Uh, they had some moments where they looked good. I thought Lamar was really throwing the ball really well earlier. Um, you got to see guys like Bateman get involved. And just first with him, it, it seems like it, it just seems like it's a part of the script every week that they're going to get Bateman involved early and then they're going to go away from him. And you just will not hear from Rashad Bateman for the rest of the game. Yet again, only two catches uh, in this game. And it feels like he's getting them in the first quarter or so. And then after that, no more. I mean, and I thought that that, that slant that he had where he goes up and really shows the catch rate. Yeah. I mean, those are the type of plays that I feel like energize a receiver that, that gets a receiver going a little bit. And I just, I just think it's tough for any receiver to stay engaged when you're out there running 30 to 35 routes a game and you're only getting the ball thrown to you maybe about four or five times. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's tough to really stay engaged. Um, but I, I do think they have to find a way to give Rashad Bateman more involved. It was good to see uh, Zay Flowers get in the end zone twice. Um, definitely yeah. a breakout game for him. Um, he's a problem. And I said this on Vinny and Haney. I, I look at this, this Ravens receiving group, Zay Flowers included, there's I don't think you can guard these guys one on one. You can't play man against them because they can all and Beckham included, they can all win very early in, in their man coverage. And they're probably going to win the catch, uh, the contested catch battle. And Zay guys like Zay can get s- such separation. I mean, you look at him on the touchdown catch he had, great move at the top of the route to throw the defender off. And then once he sep- makes his break and goes left, I mean, he completely leaves the DB, leaves him. And Lamar has pretty – he could put the ball wherever he wants at that point uh, because Zay's the only one there. I, I just think that that's – it's great to see Zay get in the end zone twice, but you look at his stat line, five catches, 25 yards. It's just like – there's more there. 
there's more. There's there's just so much meat left on the bone for Zay. There's so much meat left on the bone for Bateman. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, Beckham, I figured he'd be limited in that game. He had let it be known pretty much all week that he was, you know, dealing with a lot of pain in his shoulder. Um, yeah. I knew he would get on the field. It's L.A. You know, he wants to play out there. He wants to get back on SoFi Stadium's field and stuff like that. He's got a lot of people out in L.A. that I'm sure – uh, were out there. So I knew he'd give it a go, but I'm not surprised to see him be pretty much limited in the game. It was good to see Isaiah likely um, as well, four catches on 40 yards. And he really showed how fast he is on that screen pass. That, that was really, that was really nice to see Isaiah likely in space and, and show that type of burst. But look, I mean, beyond that, Keaton Mitchell had his moments look good as well. Um, like I said, I thought Lamar looked good at times. I mean, Lamar really – and he he he, set, he breaks the, the rushing record for quarterbacks, getting the 5,000 yards, the fastest one to do that. I mean, he is a unicorn, um, honestly. There is not anybody like Lamar um, in every, every landscape of it, you know, just playing the position, his personality, everything that comes with it. He is truly one of one. Um, and he made some plays in the pocket that were just – crazy i mean his ability to use his i could i keep talking about it. everybody talks about his mobility which if you notice lamar's mobility he's still mobile but lamar in the open field is not what it was a couple years ago um yeah still fast but i don't know it, it just doesn't hit the way it did a couple years ago when Lamar would break out of the pocket and go on some runs. And I'm not mad at it. I mean, he's getting down, he's staying healthy. He's getting the yardage that he can and then he gets down so whatever, but he still shows you how shifty he is and how good his footwork is in the pocket. Well, how he was able to uh, extend some of those plays and even get out of the pocket and get out to get a couple of yards on the ground. But offensively, it's just not a lot to talk about. I mean, they had a couple of moments where they get something going and then nothing. I mean, three points off of four turnovers, inexcusable. Um, and I, I just I, I just think that it's it, it's it's a problem without question. It's a problem. The offense yeah. is a problem. It's still a problem. Um, but I guess for me, when I look at how dominant this defense is and can be, I think that this offense, I don't, I say this with hesitation. I think they'll be good enough. And I know good enough isn't what they want or what anybody wants, but I just get the vibe from this offense because granted, I, I do want to give them their credit. They had been hot over the last couple of weeks. They've been scoring into the thirties, the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I just look at them like that's not, they're not the offense that you could depend on every week to go win you the game. That's what, but they do have that on the defensive side of the ball. The offense, however, I think will be the type of offense that can, that will pick up when the defense doesn't. That that's I think they'll get motivated and more energized if they notice that the defense is having an off day. That's when the offense will step up. Um, but I just don't think it'll be an every week thing. And that's okay because you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense isn't there every week. Their defense has been there more than the offense has been. And you saw in the in the win over the Raiders, their offense can still beat you. So I just think mm -hmm. that's Ravens will be. I don't think they'll be this top 10 offense that maybe it looked like that they could be. I don't know. Maybe they will be, but I I just think that they're just going to be an offense that when it's all said and done, they can get it done when it when they have to, but they're not going to be the offense that we all think that they should be every week. 
Um, while I agree with you, they they absolutely ha uh, have everything that it takes, and it requires everybody to be on the same page. A couple of things. I'm just going to run through them. Um, Zay Flowers, uh, I, I'm definitely not mad at him scoring, but in the future, he got to he got to sit. He got against better teams, you can't score there. Um, and you just got you got to find a way to, to to slide at the two and let the clock run out. The Chargers is not a good team, so we can let that pass and celebrate but against better teams um potentially you got to let the clock run out you just can't do that mm -hmm. um secondly the offensive line particularly the tackles um played horrible and ronnie stanley has become a liability and that is something that the ravens are going to have to um find a way to figure out in the offseason because i don't think that that's something that's going to change now but it's become an issue and it's something that's going to have to be addressed because of ron lee stanley another point that i'm about to make is that because of his struggles todd monken for whatever reason has decided that he is not going to change what he does against elite pass rushers you did the same thing against the browns you did the same thing again uh on sunday night against khalil mack which was you know that your your tackles are struggling he and morgan moses did not have a good night and yet you continue to call plays it with Lamar in the pocket trying to find guys to be open while guys are continuously in his face. You don't move the pocket. You don't run right at these guys. I have a problem with that. You have not made any changes, and that's problematic. I watched the Denver Broncos on Sunday run right at Miles Garrett and be successful. And what people will try to say to make an excuse for that, Cordell, is that, oh, he got hurt. That was midway in the third quarter. He did nothing in the first half. So I don't want to hear that. There are ways to neutralize pass rushers, and Todd Munkin needs to find a way to do it. Another thing, that Wildcat, ridiculously stupid. Mm -hmm. Another thing, John Harbaugh wants to tell us that they didn't know that they weren't first downs. I'll give you the one that was the play um, the with Nelson one. Aguilar. Oh, the Aguilar one? The Aguilar, the, the, the Lamar one, I cannot, because you ran a play fast, the exact right. – you ran the play fast like you were trying to get a playoff to make them be off of their game. I don't believe you. I'm sorry. Nothing that you did shows me that you thought that that was the first down. I think that well, you thought that the Aguilar – yeah, he, yeah. Uh, because I'm I'm agreeing with you. I don't want nobody to try yes. to try to downplay what the you're saying. The second one, I right. think that he didn't know. The yeah, second it, one, the play call, I think he didn't know. The first one, I don't believe. Him. Yeah, the 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 Lamar one. He said he that from their vantage point, they felt like Lamar didn't get the first down, so they knew he didn't oh, get the so first down. Oh, so okay. they just they, and so they tried to run that play, which I agree was a bogus call. I don't think they've run a wildcat all year. Up with until that point. Well, 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 with I'm talking with Gus. Yeah, with, with Gus as the no, guy. I'm, when, I'm sorry. When you have, I'm, I'm, let me, let me, let me, uh, you know, elaborate. You have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. Right. And you thought running a wildcat right. was a that good was, idea. That was, that was asinine. Thinking. That was asinine. But yeah, he he acknowledged that he they knew that Lamar didn't get the first down. Um, but the Aguilar one they thought was a first down. That that one he, that one makes more sense students. because. Right. Both, I don't like neither play call. However, that one made more sense to me because of the play call. Mm -hmm. The first one you did not know. And you and 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 so I'm glad that he um clarified that because when it first came out last night, it appeared as if, if he was referring to both. And I was like, hey, somebody's a liar. <laughs> I don't like to call people lying, liars, caught out. I don't mm -hmm. because but what we all saw it. And and based on what had happened, he did. You knew he didn't know. So these are the issues that I have. I've never seen such a poorly 
coaching execute from two phases, head coaching and offensive coaching, because the defense did what they needed to do. Okay. And we're going to talk about that soon, but the offense and the head coaching, the decisions that they decided not to make you, if you're telling me that you didn't think that Lamar or that you felt like they didn't get the first down, you challenge everything else. You challenged the backwards pass. That was clearly a backwards pass or at least a pass that was on the same line but you decided not to challenge the Lamar first down, I don't understand. You are the captain of challenges around here. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that you decide not to challenge. It doesn't make sense. And I am, I am, yes, I know the Ravens are nine and three. Y'all going to be mad at me because you're like, oh my God, she's going, but these are the problems that I have with this team. Because if you want to be great, you can't do things like that. You can't continue to get Lamar in these situations where they're, the, the tackles are being beat. You're trying to chip them, but that ain't enough. And then you're just not doing anything else to help your quarterback get time or at least get the ball out of his hands. You can't make stupid mistakes like, oh, I challenge everything else, but I'm not going to challenge a first down spot. You can't do these things and think that you're going to win a Super Bowl. And this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. So the Ravens are going to have to find a way to address all of these things. Luckily for them, the Chargers are a poor team. They're a poverty franchise, and they were able to squeak out a win. But you didn't do that a couple of weeks ago against Cleveland. You're not going to be able to do that against better opponents down the stretch. You better fix it now on this bye week while you can, or else you're in trouble. I love the fact that you're the one running hot. Uh, today and not me. I, I am. Like, very, I've been hot since last night, bro. Like, like seriously, I feel like it's usually me that that's running <laughs> hot. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this time is you. I'll say this, and I, I mean, you're, you're hitting everything on on the nail. I agree with everything you're saying. The only one that I'll I'll push back on is the Zay touchdown. I actually don't mind that because it puts him up ten. If it was one that puts them but up, I agree only. against because of the team. I agree with that because the charges weren't coming back from that. Yeah, I, mean, weren't it, coming I mean, it's back. tough for anybody to come back at that. It's only a minute and a half left. They they go up ten. I, I could live with that. And if they, if it's a one score thing and it's a minute left, I, I'm right there with you. If you if you're only if that touchdown puts you up four or something three, and they still have a shot to win the game on that next possession. Yeah, you you got you got to go down. But that one was I looked at that was kind of like and that's the because the defense had played so well and we've seen this so many times to where the defense has played well for three and a half quarters and then they're the ones out there with the game on the line. Like I I I actually was okay with the offense kind of being the ones to kind of put the game away because the defense did everything. For the everything unfair everything. For to have to go back out there with a and have to defend a three-point lead in a game that they have utterly dominated in for 60 minutes. So that, that was the only reason I was okay with that because the offense had done nothing. They had done nothing. Yeah. They they had really true. done nothing outside of that. But other than that, you, you had everything on the nail. The offensive issues are a problem. The offensive line is a major problem uh for them. And thankful and luckily they have Lamar Jackson and I think we saw this in some of the old things that the Ravens used to do to where, you know, you and I think it's natural. You start to you start to put more on Lamar because he's Lamar and you know what he can do. So it's like, OK, if one guy break, you know, if, if a pass rusher gets back there, it's OK, because we've got the guy with the best legs in the league at quarterback. Like I, 
I get I get you. I hear that. But as we saw, Khalil Mack at some point is going to get home. And look, he's a great player for a reason. I mean, you can yeah. try to scheme these guys up and do all you can. At the end of the day, these great players are going to win some too. So it's not like you can completely take him out of the game. You can't completely take Miles Garrett or TJ Watt out the game, but you can try to do the best you can to kind of neutralize those guys. And I thought they did that for the first half. And the credit to the Chargers, they they made some good second half adjustments because coming out of the locker room, it was a different story. Um, but yeah, I agree on the challenges. For me, to not challenge either of those two calls were bad enough. But I, I, what I didn't like the most about what Harv said after the game was his reasoning for the for the one that he did challenge. His reason was because basically he felt like that was such a tough play to accurate to to actually. <laughs> I believe it. He believe it was he real. It was real. <laughs> like, come on, you got to give me something better than that. You have to oh, give me boy. something better than that. You've got somebody upstairs watching it. He's watching the TV version. That's the one challenge because you just felt like there's no way they executed that play properly. Come on. Then you got to give me something better than that, man. Something better than that. I agree with you there. Um, Honestly, we're going to have to extend this offensive talk on our next podcast. Uh, we got to give a little defense, the defense, a little bit of love here. So when we come back, we'll talk about the bright spot of what happened in this Ravens game here on Winning Drive. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... That sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So we spent a lot of time, Cordell, talking about the offense. And honestly, we really didn't get enough time going on. I mean, that's probably a whole episode within itself. Yeah, um, but let's switch, let's switch gears here to what has been the consistent good thing about this team all year long, which has been the defense. I am going to do something that you know, in jest that uh, probably will get frowned upon, but he knows I got a lot of love for him. Our uh, colleague at 105.7, Jason Lockenfora, mm-hmm. hey, man, you got to give Kyle Hamilton an apology. You owe him an apology, and you probably owe him dinner, too, for being wrong, because that young man heard you, and he has said bet. He did the Cam Newton nod and did and said bet. And he's been on a tear ever since he, he heard my guy, Jason, say, I don't know if he's a playmaker or not. Well, guess what? I bet you you know he's a playmaker now because that man was everywhere. 
on the field on Sunday. And look, we can talk about Rokon, how great he's been, and you know how guys like Clowney have been. These are the guys that you know we just know every week is going to stand up. But man, it's time to give Kyle Hamilton a lot of credit, a lot of flowers. He has played phenomenally well. He can do. There's nothing he can't do, Cordell. I don't know what it is that Kyle Hamilton cannot do, and it's not good at at this point. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Hamilton put on a clinic on Sunday Night Football, and the Sunday Night Football crew made sure we all knew about it because every chance they got, man, they <laughs> highlighted Kyle Hamilton, and rightfully so. I mean, the dude's a stud. He's playing all Absolutely. over the place. The Ravens drafted him to be the chess piece of the defense, and you didn't really get to see a lot of it last year, especially in the first half of last year. But as the year went on and he got more comfortable, you really got to see how they want to deploy him. And uh, this year, you're getting you're getting the total package of Kyle Hamilton. I mean, his ability to run with receivers down the field. And I got to keep emphasizing this because it's a problem in today's game, especially when you have physical defenders. His ability to defend down the, down the field and use his length without getting flagged. You cannot discount that. This is a league that lives to throw the flag on down the field passes to these yep. receivers. They live for that. And Kyle Hamilton does not allow them that opportunity. You you have to kind of respect that because it could go it could turn into it could go from being a a, a deep ball incompletion to a forty five yard penalty out of nowhere, and he does not allow that. That that in itself deserves a ton of credit. Um, but his tackling ability is he's just so physical. He's a sound tackler. He's everywhere. But watching that defense. It really showed me how many stars they have. I mean, they yeah. have a ton of them on yep. all three levels. You look at the front yep. line, Matabike getting his 10th sack last night. You got just Jadavian Clowney, seven and a half sacks. This is a yep. dude a lot of Ravens fans didn't want. I'm not, I'm, I, I didn't. I, I wanted him last year, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, he doesn't finish sacks. So everybody looks at this dude as a bust. And I've talked to him uh, in the locker room about that just privately and it's it's funny the way people go about uh, calling somebody a bust because they're not a defensive player of the year every year or something leading the league in sacks. This dude has been hanging around in the league for a while. He's been one of the best, better run stoppers in the league since he's come in. That's the problem. People looked at him as a dominant pass rusher instead of a dominant run stopper. He's more of a dominant run stopper and a good pass rusher. And this year you're seeing him finish those sacks. You're seeing him get right. every play you see him in the backfield. I mean, and he's the one, he, he's getting chipped. He's not getting one-on-ones. They're, they're, yep. they're game planning for him now. So yep. that in itself starts to help guys like Matabike. You see Travis Jones show up in the game last night. Broderick Washington, who was a healthy scratch last week, gets a sack. Calvin Noy making plays. I mean, that tip pass that he had was, was athletic as ever. I mean, Herbert is trying to throw it right over him, and he's got somebody wide open behind him. Calvin Noy, he was one of the older guys on the team makes an athletic play in space to get a hand on that ball. Brandon Stevens, extremely busy last night. Oh, my God, extremely busy. Had the tough task of trying to stick with Keenan Island. Keenan Island's going to get his. That is what it is. But I, I, I still stand by my statement about Brandon Stevens. I feel even more confident about it now because they're showing you how comfortable they are in Brandon Stevens. They're showing you how much they trust him. 
they already showed you by having him shadow Jamar Chase a couple weeks ago. He's doing it again with Kyle uh, with with a uh, uh, Keenan Island. Like I, I love everything about the way Brandon Stevens is playing right now, and that's yeah, even he he is playing phenomenal. I still love it. You got Geno Stone making play. I haven't even gotten to the best part. I mean, Kyle Hamilton was the star tonight, but the linebackers really showed out. Oh, they for sure. That was one of the harder. That dynamic was duo. The dynamic games. duo. Oh, my goodness. Both of them. I mean, Rokar yeah. is looking to knock people out of their pads. And 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 Patrick Queen is just so fast and decisive. He's seeing no. everything right. I mean, I, I love everything about the Ravens defense. I don't have a single bad thing to say. I don't. I mean, I still. I have a bad thing to say. What, 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 oh, well, what's that? Leave it to you. What, what, what's that? What you got? I have a bad thing to say because I don't. I wonder how short lived this is going to be because I fear Mike McDonald is leaving us. That's what I have Maybe. to say. That's him. Maybe. I mean, I told you yeah. about this. We talked about this before. I was like, man, everybody thought uh, Roman was gone, and he didn't. I go mean, away. good things. The bad thing about this is that good things always come to an end, and by that, I'm not talking about like, oh, something's going to happen and they're not going to be as dominant. I'm talking about, oh, Mike McDonald has been phenomenal, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And what he's able to do, and my fear is that, is that they will not be able to retain him. As we know um, right now, Carolina Panthers already fired their head coach. You got to assume there's going to be more firings. That's to come. Is and this is game? only week 12 of the – that was only week 12. I mean, there's eight more weeks of football – I mean, excuse me, six more weeks of football, week 18 to be played, and somebody is already fired. Okay, Is so that a better gig than the Ravens defensive coordinator job. I mean, I agree. Oh, Brandon Staley, you gotta assume is gonna have his walking paper sooner True. than later. That's another opening that's gonna be up. I agree with you. I look at it like this. If the Ravens told Mike McDonald that you're next in line and at some point Harbaugh is looking to retire within the next few years, I'm sticking around. That's me though. If a guy wants to go now. I don't know if he's going to stay around. He doesn't have to. He's going to be the hottest commodity out there when they start interviewing. And my, that's the bad thing I got to say is, is that it, are we going to get to the point where the ride is going to finally end because teams are going to want to come after McDonald and he's going to want to leave? And that's the one bad thing I got from this. It, like every it, time they do well, I'm like, I love it. But then they don't. That means it's one more step he's right. out of the door. So yes, I know I'm crossing a bridge before we get there. I know that I am doing the most. <laughs> I think about this all the time though. And I'm, I can't help myself. I, mean, I think it's something <laughs> that we've all thought about. I mean, everybody sees the job that he's doing. Um, I just, I, I just wonder if it'll happen because you know you think back to like the enemy and 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 everything like it's 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 been a lot of coordinators that have done great jobs on their side of the ball and you think that they're going to be a slam dunk hire to go somewhere and it, it just doesn't necessarily happen that way now one thing about mcdonald i think he'll interview very well um i think i think the putting you've gotten to see what his types of defenses are what it looks like I'll say this, it turned like 
like I said, I don't know if he even wants the Panthers job. I don't know who wants the Panthers job, but the reality is whoever does get that Panthers job is probably going to be a first time coach. Because if you're a coach with any type of pedigree, you don't want that job. If you, if you're a coach, if you're a coach that's trying to get into the head coaching waters, that's probably the type of start you're going to have to take. Um, but again, I don't know if that's, uh, a a benefit to Mike McDonald because that could that could be a hindrance for real. I, I don't. It's just not a obviously Carolina isn't a good situation right now. Uh, the even the the Chargers one. I mean Staley is supposed to be a defensive minded coach. You know, do they want to go another route of going to defense? It's just a lot of variables, and I'm trying to come up with reasons as to why he may stick around in Baltimore a little longer than we think. Just because I hope you're right. And I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think a lot of people probably would hope I'm right, to be honest, you being one of them, just because <laughs> you know, it's a great fit. It is a great yeah. fit. And we don't know what the future holds for Harbaugh. I know a lot of people feel a certain way about Harbaugh today, but the reality is Harbs ain't going nowhere until Harbs is ready to go somewhere. Unless something egregious happens to where the Ravens fall massively short of their goal. Um, so with that said, I, if, if they were to give him that type of idea, like, look, man, whenever, you know, we get to the end of the road with Harbs, you, you, you're 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 the first person that that we're coming to. You know, I, I, that may be enough reason to stick around. You've got great defense right now. You've got a great thing working. You're on a Super Bowl contending team. I don't know. It, it You know, you just got to weigh the pros and the cons in those situations. I completely agree. And so, look, I mean, I could I could just go on and on about how great this defense has been. It has been fun to watch. They are a great group um, from the guys that have been drafted, from the guys that they got, you know, in free agency, from the guys off the street. It has just been a joy to see. And good for Lamar, man. You know, now he don't have to do everything by himself. Right. Really. You know, he can he has somebody that has his back like that defense. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to buy him dinner, though. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he knows yeah, they all do. They all that do. all no, I'm not not just Lamar. I'm talking about that offense as a whole, yeah. including the offensive coordinator. Right. Y'all, y'all, y'all owe them defense and a very, very nice Christmas gift. So, uh, hopefully, um, you know, we can see this defense continue because they're they're definitely going to be um something that they need moving down this stretch coming up soon. And we'll talk about Pats on the hat. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of defensive guys that we have. So let's give out our Pats on the hat here on Winning Drive coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. 
Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Cordell, I'll let you go first. Who are you giving your pat on the hat to for the game against the Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to start off not that he was the absolute star of the game, but he was probably next to Kyle Hamilton, who I'll leave for you. I, I, he was probably the next favorite player, person I enjoyed watching in the game, and that was Roquan Smith. Roquan was out there like a hitman. I mean, if you caught the ball inside the hashes, you were in trouble. You were in yeah. big trouble because zero was coming like a torpedo and he is looking to possibly put you on the sidelines like driving people through the earth he was so physical in that game and I thought he really set the tone it just felt like a vintage Ravens defensive game where they just dishing out so much punishment I mean this has been a physical defense all <laughs> you year. have so much joy in your voice by I the do. way about talking about dishing out. I, I love it. I, that's what's gotten me. Honestly, my love for football is the physicality that comes with the game. Yeah. Nothing, nothing makes me happier than seeing physical plays, physical legal plays that don't get flagged. It's not like you're maliciously trying to hurt somebody, but I have a ton of respect for anybody, especially somebody that's racking up tackles like that. That's because people forget these do the defenders feel those hits too. You know, it's not like it's just all the offensive guys is feeling it. The defensive guys are feeling that contact, too. So to continue to go at 110 miles per hour, laying out people every single chance you get, oh, my goodness. I, I have such a huge appreciation for that. And, and Roquan is one of those people. I, I, what I love most about Roquan is he backs up what he talks. He And he's not a big talker. He only He only gives, you know, he gives us a good – one-liner every week it seems like and I don't think he does it intentionally he's a southern guy you know they have their you know their uh little slogans that they go to and stuff like that but he back he, he practices what he preaches he's not one of those guys that's going to talk a lot of talk between Monday and Saturday and then you get there on Sunday and you're looking for him you know where to find him and if, if you don't he'll come meet you right in the middle of the field so Roquan definitely gets a pat from me I am going to try to find somebody on offense to give this to. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Zay. I'm going to give it to Zay Flowers to his first two touchdown game. Um, you know, like you said, it wasn't like he really did a ton or in terms of receiving yards, but he was obviously impactful in this game. Um, love that for him. Hope to see many more multi-touchdown games from Zay. My favorite thing is, is that he made up for that first very corny celebration that he had. Uh, the first one I had to have somebody explain it to me, and I was like, oh. And the way that Lamar looked when they explained it yeah. to him is exactly how I looked yeah. when someone explained it to me. I was like, never mind. But the soccer one with the penalty kick really was phenomenal. It, and the Rolando impression was fantastic. So Zay is getting a pat on the hat for me, not only for his two touchdown game, but for that second celebration, which was very, very good. 
Look, I, I think the reason the second celebration was better is because he got Odell involved. And one thing Odell, Odell probably is the one that, that told him to do it. Yeah. Odell <laughs> knows how to he knows how to celebrate. He's he's been one of the best yeah. uh guys at touchdown celebrations uh yeah. in the NFL for a while. So uh, it was clear Odell had a hand and the uh penalty kick one. That one was I, I didn't even I think the bouquet celebration could have been it would have been better if it was properly uh done you know it just looked unorganized and they didn't know what they were doing they had to get people lined up so it just it just didn't seem organic the way that the mm -hmm. uh, kick one uh went but yeah Zay definitely is a good one um I'll go I'll, I'll I'll go to Kyle Hamilton I'll stay on the defensive side of the ball I mean what we just talked about and what can he do I mean Kyle is really um, starting to show you the full catalog of his abilities on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's playing at a Pro Bowl level this year, and it's great that these national outlets are starting to talk about him more and more because, you know, he is kind of um, a good symbol of this Ravens defense where you've got multiple guys that are playing multiple positions. You think about guys like Brandon Stevens, who's playing a, a, a couple, who's a guy that can play safety. He can play corner. Um, you, you know, you got uh, guys like Clowney who can play inside and out. They've used him primarily inside, obviously, but Owe as well. Matabike can go inside. The Ravens have a lot of versatile pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So it's good that Kyle Hamilton, who is their best versatile piece right now, is kind of showing the way that he is because I, I think the sky's the limit for that dude. And uh, I'm pretty sure Eric DaCosta is is thankful every day that he fell to them at 14. Absolutely. I mean, listen, he has just been so awesome for them. And I just love that for uh, the Ravens defense and particularly for Kyle Hamilton for being put in the place that he was supposed to be. I'm going to give one. I'm going to stick with offense because I'm trying to feed good vibes even though I was very critical of them just a couple of segments ago. I'm going to give one to Keaton Mitchell. Nine rushes, 64 yards. He averaged seven uh, yards per carry. This guy continues to be a force uh, when he's on the field. Sometimes it does feel like he's boom or bust, but when he's booming, he's booming, baby. Mm -hmm. You got to find a way to get him on this field. Um, Would have liked to see uh, it felt like Gus was kind of being punished a little bit. I don't know. I mean, eventually he ended up with eight carries and 26 yards. But early on, I was just kind of like, well, where's Gus? And why is he not out there? But I look, and I'm sure that they'll figure out, because Gus is still, the, is still my guy. And Gus still absolutely has a role into this offense. But um, I love seeing what Keenan, you know, Keaton Mitchell was able to do um, as an undrafted free agent. Shouldn't have ever been one to begin with, but luckily the Ravens uh, found another undrafted gem, something that they do very well. So I'm going to go with Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, and I do want to point out another, and I don't want to keep banging on Quentin Johnston, but hey, I mean, another bad <laughs> outcome. Um, and this is a guy that the Chargers took right before Zay. Right before um, Zay, yeah. Right there. So, I mean, they it, it got, it got to see it up close and personal last night, and I'm sure Zay knew what was going, you know, I'm sure he knew that the Chargers took Quentin Johnson ahead of, ahead of him. So uh, good night for him. Um, I'll give my last one to Jadavian Clowney. I'm going all defense in this one. Jadavian Clowney just continues to wreak havoc. I mean, the dude's motor is second to none. He's always in the backfield. He's been light years better than what I think anybody thought he'd be for the Ravens 
uh, right now. Seven and a half sacks for Jadavian Clowney. This is a guy that was tagged with the mantra of he can't finish plays. He doesn't get to the quarterback. And clearly he can. Clearly he can. And um, I think it's a byproduct of the total package of the defense. They just have so many people, especially in the front seven, that you got to watch out for that can all get in the backfield. So it, it helps Clowney a lot, but he helps them a lot as well. They they all feed off of each other. But Clowney, I think, is just every week. You talk, you start really looking at it and thinking about who have been more some of the more consistent players for the Ravens this year. I mean, every week. It's been Jadavion Clowney. His name has to be a part of that list. Every game he's been there for them, every single game. And Vinny, you know, I'm filling in for Bob on Vinny and Haney this weekend. Vinny Serrato, he brought up a pretty good point that maybe the Ravens should start entertaining extending Jadavion Clowney at this point. Absolutely. I don't know if you want to lose him right now, the way he's clearly got a lot left in the tank. Um, And he's playing. The Ravens have seemed like they have energized him. We've heard about all this off the field stuff between him and some of his former teams in the locker room and stuff. You haven't heard about any of that with the Ravens. And I've seen how he interacts with those guys in the locker room. It's a great fit, him in Baltimore. Absolutely. I completely agree. I definitely think that that's something that you should, you know, start looking into. I do think that he's, he, I think that he's a great part of this defense. And I think that he likes it here. You know, I think that he enjoys being here, I, you know, and I, I just think that, that that is something that, absolutely could not hurt um, this Ravens defense by any means. So we'll see how this goes. We want to thank you all for listening. It is the bye week, but Cordell and I will be back for another episode of Winning Drive. We won't leave you dry just because the Ravens are not playing this week. We'll have more content for you, and hopefully you guys will be back to hear the next episode. So thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.